be seated. I received this email from one of our faithful church members this past Tuesday, and uh, the email was in response to uh, what God had shared last Sunday, so a couple of days after Sunday in our time together, uh, this uh, church family member uh, shared with me, I, had to, I knew I had to stop my busy, busy morning, which was Tuesday, uh, to tell you what happened to me yesterday. You talked about the Spanish ministry on Sunday, last Sunday, CRC in Espanol, and I told the Lord I felt nothing in my heart stirring concerning this, but I asked him to birth his heart and his plans in mine. I don't believe in coincidences. We had a dental checkup yesterday morning. That would be Monday, the day after, obviously, Sunday. She sent this Tuesday. We had a dental checkup yesterday morning. That's this past Monday. The tech who attended to me had a heavy Spanish accent. We chatted, and then I became aware that the song playing on the office music was one we sing in church. So I mentioned that to this young mother. She told me how they got so busy this past weekend, they didn't make it to church. Then she looked at me and said, my husband actually likes to go to a Spanish church. I said, funny you should mention this. And told her about our CRC and Espanol new exciting ministry. She had already heard of Crossridge herself. She said, I was amazed at God moving like that. We're praying for this new ministry and waiting with expectancy for the Lord to plant in our heart and in the hearts of others his plan for us. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Man, I tell you what. Our God is an awesome God. And I love how God is speaking to us so clearly. I love how we are recognizing when God is speaking to us. And I love how we are obeying God as he speaks to us. God is at work in us individually and collectively. God is at work in each one of us, and God is at work in all of us. And God is at work in us to will and to work according to his good purpose. That means God is at work in us, giving us the desire to know his will and the strength and energy to do his will as he reveals his will to us. And we know God's purpose and will for us is best for us. It's his good purpose and will for us. God's work in us is exciting. It's exciting to know God is working in us. It's exciting to know God is speaking to us. It's exciting to know God has a good purpose for us. It's exciting to know God helps us fulfill his purpose for us. God's work in us is humbling. It is humbling to know God is working in each one of us. It's humbling to know God is working in all of us as his church family here at Crossridge. It's humbling to know that God wants to use us in his work in one another's lives and in the lives of all those he brings our way. And God's work in us is also motivating. It's motivating to know that God is working in us God's work in us motivates us to obey him. God's work in us motivates us to seek him. God's work in us motivates us to trust him. God's work in us day by day helps us to understand this simple truth. God's not through with us yet. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God's not done with me yet. Now tell your neighbor, God's not done with you yet. 
There you go. You enjoy that a whole lot more. You always enjoy that more. Listen, God's work in us, around us, and through us is extraordinary because our God is an extraordinary God. As Paul told us in Ephesians 3 and 20 and 21, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all we ask or think according to his power at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We know these simple facts. God is with us, God is at work in us, and God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And remember, as we shared last week, when God is at work in us and through us and around us, God wants faith from us. God wants us to believe in him and to follow him by faith day by day. We demonstrate our faith in God by our obedience to God. As James told us, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We show God our faith in God as we walk step by step, day by day in obedience to God. And we obey God by the power of his Holy Spirit living within us. A reason why faith in God and obedience to God is challenging for us at times is simply because we have an enemy, Satan, who wants to keep us from what God has for us. He is constantly trying to turn us away from what God has for us. He's constantly trying to undo what God is doing in us, through us, and around us. Thankfully, we know, based upon the authority of God's word, we are victors, we are overcomers, we are more than conquerors by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And we're going to continue looking at this victory we have in Christ Jesus this morning. Open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2. If you'll make your way to the book of Acts chapter 2 in the New Testament, we're going to park here. We'll move around just a bit, but we're going to continue the sermon we started last Sunday. Uh, and we see uh, here in Acts chapter 2 the foundation for what we're going to be looking at, what God's going to be sharing with us this morning. We're continuing and actually ending our uh, series to start the new year off, 119. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 verse 18, Open my eyes so that I may see wonderful things in your law. This is a prayer that if we will pray this prayer day by day, God will answer this prayer. And we know this because God has told us this throughout his word. God wants to open our eyes so that we can embrace his blessings. God wants to open our eyes so that we can understand his word. God wants us to, wants to open our eyes so that we can join him in his work around us and through us and in us. And as God opens our eyes to his word and his work, we simply respond over and over again, day by day, week by week, go, God, go. As you continue your work in, around, and through us. So, Father God, we ask now, in these next moments, that you would open our eyes so that we could see the wonderful truth that you have for us from your word this morning. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear as your Holy Spirit is speaking already. And as he continues to speak, Father, may we receive what you have for us, and then may you fill us with the strength, desire, and power to live it out, to walk it out, to obey you, to respond exactly the way you want us to respond, whether that's through receiving your gift of salvation this morning, whether that's through stepping forward in obedience and baptism, or whether that's through praying with and for one another, blessing one another, encouraging one another, whatever that may be, Father God, we ask that you uh, would make it clear to us so that we uh, we'll be able to do exactly what you want. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want us to continue this morning focusing our attention on asking God to show us his wonderful work in us collectively. 
God, show us your wonderful work in us collectively here in our church family. We are the church. We are members of God's family by God's grace alone, through our faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. God spreads the gospel. God grows disciples in and through us, his church. And we see in Acts chapter 2, God was at work in the first church in Jerusalem in amazing ways. And so let's pick back up Acts 2. I'll begin reading in verse 41. In verse 41, we're just coming after the uh, sermon by Peter. Peter's preached his sermon, an amazing sermon. And we're now in verse 41 and following. We're kind of in the invitation time. And then after the service, we're going to continue to see what God's doing here. In verse 41, so those who accepted his message, the message of Peter about salvation, through Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, exalted. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, they meaning the first church in Jerusalem. Uh, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers together And held everything in common, all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. It's safe to say God was at work in an amazing way here. And this church family, and it's safe to say God is at work in our church family in amazing ways as well. We identified six of those ways, or six of these ways we see God at work in our church family last Sunday. I'm just going to hit them real quick, so if you're taking notes, get ready. You're going to need to write fast. I'm going to just hit these points because we pretty much focused on these last Sunday. We'll stop at point six and then uh, finish with point seven. We know God is at work in us, and we see this in our church family in similar ways that we see here within the first church in Jerusalem. So number one, we're saved by God's grace. We know that God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus as he reveals his truth to us, his son Jesus, our need for salvation through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Second, we are sealed with God's Holy Spirit. When God saves us, he seals us with his Holy Spirit. We're not alone. Every step we take, every move we make, God is with us by the presence and power of his Holy Spirit in us. Number three, we are guided in obedience. The Holy Spirit, among other of his roles, one of his main roles is to guide us to obey God's word. We see this immediately in verse 41. So those who accepted his message were baptized. They were baptized. They immediately began walking in obedience to the truth of God's word. Fourth, we are connected in God's family. We see that when God saves us, he seals us with the Holy Spirit, and then he guides us into obedience, which includes getting connected into a local church family. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and 3,000 of them were added to the church that day. The first church in Jerusalem grew from about 120 that we read about in Acts 1 to about 3,120 that we read about in Acts 2. And so we see the importance of getting connected to local church family. The fifth point was we are prepared for service, or we are equipped for service, rather. God equips us uh, with a spiritual gift at the moment of our salvation that he wants us to use to bless others and to bring glory to his name. God wants us serving. And we see clearly this was going on in the first church in Jerusalem in this passage 
in verses 41 and following, these brothers and sisters in Christ were connected in the family. They were uh, serving through the gifts and abilities that God had given to them. And then we see the sixth point is we are empowered by God to fulfill his vision for our church family. God's Holy Spirit in us empowers us to fulfill God's vision for us. God's vision for our church family is to glorify God as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as we make disciples of all nations. God's vision for our church family, say it out loud with me, is to glorify God as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as we make disciples of all nations. I want you to see uh, some interesting ways you can look at that vision. Number one, we live up as we glorify God. We live in as we become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We live out as we make disciples of all nations. We live in our lives in 3D, living up, living in, living out. And so we see that here within our vision that God has given us for our church family. We accomplish God's vision for our church family as we give to Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we are always giving, we are always growing, and we are always going. We see this was true of the believers here in the first church in Jerusalem in chapter 2, but then in, as we make our way through the book of Acts and then not throughout the rest of the New Testament, we see this continue as the testimony of their lives, giving and growing and going. And we know this is true of us as well. We're always giving and growing and going as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so I want us to take a few moments this morning and look a little closer at the importance of giving, at the importance of growing, and at the importance of going as we make our way through uh, in our time together. And so let's look first at the importance of giving. Giving is a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ, and Jesus made this clear to us early on in his ministry. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. The truth of the matter is giving is living and living is giving for followers of Jesus. Giving is living for followers of Jesus. You need to just get used to it. As followers of Jesus, life's not about us, it's about him. And giving ourselves away. Think about it. Jesus gave himself for us on the cross at Calvary so we could give our life to him and live our life for him. And as John told us in 1 John, John told us we love because God first loved us. Well, the same is true. We give because God first gave to us. Two things I want us to focus on real quick that we give. Number one, we give our lives to God by our faith in Jesus. That is clear. We see in this passage in the book of Acts, first and foremost, first thing, we give our lives to God by faith in Jesus. The believers and the church in Jerusalem gave their lives to God as they accepted the message of salvation by their faith in Jesus Christ. We give our lives to God. We yield our lives to God as we receive his gift of salvation. We receive his gift of salvation as we repent of our sins and place our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. At that moment of salvation, we see that we die to sin and self, and we are raised to new life in Jesus. We die to sin and self. We're raised to new life in Jesus. We were once dead in our sins, and at that moment of salvation, we are made alive with God in Christ Jesus. 
The scales of sin fall off our eyes, so to speak. And we, are, we have the spiritual life breathed into our previously spiritually dead bones by the Holy Spirit of God as we enter into God's family by His grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. This is what Paul was talking about when he said, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As Paul told the church in Corinth, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Praise the Lord, the old is gone and the new has come. And we see that Paul told the church in Rome, therefore, there is now no condemnation any longer for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so we see we give our lives to God as we respond to his grace at work in our lives. Of receiving his gift of salvation by our faith in Jesus. Secondly, then we give our time, talents, and treasures to God. Jesus is our Savior and Lord, and therefore we know what that means is he is our Lord. He leads and guides us to live his way day by day according to the truth of his word by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And so we therefore know we're to give our lives to God. That's that salvation. We receive salvation, but then we continue with sanctification day after day, moment by moment. We're growing into the image of Christ and the likeness of Christ as we give our time, talents, and treasures to God. We give our time to God, as we see here in Acts chapter 2, by getting into God's Word, by reading God's Word, and studying God's Word, and memorizing God's Word, and meditating on God's Word, and obeying God's Word, and sharing God's Word, by fellowshipping with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, by praying with and for one another, by taking the Lord's Supper together periodically as we remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, by serving one another in love with the gift that God has given to us, by praising God and worshiping worshiping God together uh, as we see what was going on here with these believers in the first church in Jerusalem. They were giving their time to God. How do we know? Well, the scriptures tell us, Luke told us, they met together when? Every day. Daily. Every day. They met together. And so we see how important this is. We're also called to give our talents to God. That means we're to give the uh, skills and our passions and our abilities that God has given to us when he created us along with the spiritual gift God gives us when he saves us we're to use those things that we receive from God our talents all that we receive from God we're to use to bring glory to God by serving one another that includes us here and by serving all those that God brings our way we're to get connected in service. We're equipped for service. We need to serve in our ministries here on Sundays and Wednesdays and all throughout the week. All of our different ways that we have for every one of us to get connected and involved. We serve here. We serve as we go out to minister to our congregations. And then we also are called to give our treasures to God. Our treasures to God. We're to manage and steward the money God gives us God's way. Because, by the way, it's God's the one giving us the money in the first place. We are the owner, God's the owner, we're the stewards, we're the managers. And the only area that God ever asks us all throughout Scripture to test him in, there's one, where, one area. God says, I want you to test me in this one area. Only one area. That's a big book, that's a lot of words, that's a lot of pages. One place in the entire word where God actually says, test me in this, is in the area of giving. God literally challenges us to a giving contest. The reason why God wants us to give to him is he loves to give to us. And he's a whole lot better at giving to us than we are giving to him. 
just for the record, so you can hear, I want you to hear clearly, we cannot outgive God. It is impossible for us to outgive God. When Jesus is Lord, he's Lord of all of our lives, every area, our time, our talents, and our treasures. And so we see God's blessings as we give our time, talents, and treasures to the Lord day by day, week by week. I've got some exciting things to share with you this morning. Uh, We've got some slides that I'm going to share with you uh, about some information that I believe 100% will bless you. It has blessed me, and I think it's uh, a a sign, a, a, a summary of what God has done specifically in the last year and what God wants to continue doing in this new year. And so uh, in regards to giving our treasures to God, uh, uh, Angela, if you go ahead and show that first slide here, I want to just share with these bullet points real quick with you. Let's just go through them. We exceeded our budget in giving in 2018. That's amazing. So that means we need to shout what? Go, God, go. We increased our giving in 2018 over 2017 by 2.3%. Go, God, go. We gave, and these are just snapshots, $15,944 in our dollar days in 2018. The total giving to our dollar days, we, as of this month, have been doing it eight years. All those little dollars, eight years, that every single one of them have been turned back and poured into Little Elm to bless Little Elm, to use the gifts God's given us to bless Little Elm, walk in the Word, $95,163. Man, high-five your neighbor. High-five your neighbor. That's awesome. You know what that means? That means we're going over 100000 this year. That's what that means. That's what that means. And that is just bringing in and pouring out in blessings. That's all that that is. That's amazing. 2018, IMO offering was $22,014. Go, God, go. Get, man, give the Lord a hand with that. That is amazing. God, show us your work in us. There you go. There's just a really quick snapshot. In one of the areas that's the most challenging area in churches, because everybody will amen me when I talk about giving our time to God. Everybody will amen me when I talk about giving our talents to God. Everybody will oh no me when I talk about giving our treasures to God. <laughs> oh, no. That's just a snapshot. Understand, God brings us together so we can do more together than we can apart. And that's an indication of what God has done. Imagine what God's going to do in this new year as we continue we don't ever turn back. We don't look at that and go, oh, man, well, we can just take it easy now for 2019. That was a great year for 2018. We don't have to worry about pushing it in 2019. No, 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 no. We don't want to miss anything God's got in store for us. Because what he's got in store for us in 2019 is even greater than 2018. Next slide, Angela, if you would. Let's look at the breakdown for the IMO offering. Our international missions offering, we said, we told you, we're going to tell you where every penny of the IMO offering goes. Um, and so the Vegas, now these numbers, I want you to understand these numbers are, are not based upon our preferences, who we like more than others or who we think's doing a better job. It's not that at all. Uh, it's simply the research, the communication that uh, Pastor Chad has with our missionaries and we get together and we communicate and we talk and we pray. And so here's where we're at. Uh, the Vegas, uh, we're going to share 4,000 of that 
money for ministry expenses in the, uh, the nation of Panama uh, this year, which will be going, and you'll hear more about that in just a minute, in this summer. The mills uh, for ministry expenses in the Czech Republic, that's support. When we say ministry expenses, we're just saying that's our support uh, for their ministry, their work, and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ in uh, the areas that they're in. The Gosses uh, for many expenses in Lesotho, uh, $2,000. I've been uh, talking with Jake regularly. They're doing well. They got their visas, by the way. Praise God. Uh, the Gosses got their visas this last week. Uh, and so that was the issue. I know it caught the mills, and that was an issue they were praying for, and God's uh, looks like he's taking care of that real uh, quickly for them. The Fleets, uh, that's our ministry partners up in Montreal, uh, and that's for their ministry expenses, $4,000. They're launching uh, Voyage Church, and we've been working and tilling the ground there the past couple of summers to get that ready to plant, that ready to launch, and they're launching the church this year. They're going to actually ha- start having services. It's the second church we've helped to plant in Montreal, and so uh, that's for their ministry expenses. The Chandrasekhar's uh, for ministry in India. John and Ebby, where's John and Ebby? Uh, they're here, maybe, or in second service. John and Ebby are going to India again here uh, soon in uh, uh, February, the, this month. They're going back to do their ministry in uh, India, and so we're going to support them again as they uh, go throughout India uh, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And then our summer missions, uh, $2,000. We periodically, just about every year, we have uh, students who come back from college who have come through our church family. They come to us and they say, hey, God's calling me to go to this nation. God's calling me to go to this nation. God's calling me to go to that nation throughout the summer months. And so uh, we always want to be able to, and really ready and willing to support them. And so that's the money that will go towards them as they come back and ask for uh, opportunities and support to go to the nations. And then our IMB, our International Mission Board, we, we support over 3,500 missionaries. And so $6,014 will go to support the international uh, missionaries that are literally sharing the good news of Jesus Christ around the world. Go, God, go. Amen? Amen? Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So we look at this and we see it and understand that God is blessing us in amazing ways. Let me, I want to make myself clear. Thank you for giving generously to God. Thank you. In a time and a culture within the church, at large, when things are getting crazier and crazier and crazier on the outside, God's purifying his people more and more and more on the inside so that we can be ready and willing instruments, finely tuned instruments, ready to go and share and shine Jesus to those in the culture who desperately needs him. And so I thank you for your generosity. I challenge us, challenge myself, my family, us, our church family, to continue giving generously, cheerfully, and obediently to the Lord in this new year. We all win when we give God's way. If you look in this passage, it's impossible to miss. If you look in chapter 4, you'll see that Luke gave another summary example. He said, listen, everybody was bringing their gifts. Everybody was selling possessions and property. They were bringing their gifts. They were giving, and they would give to the elders, and the elders would take the money on a day in, day out, week in and week out basis, and the elders were sharing the money so that those who had needs, those needs were able to be met. And so we see everyone was winning when everyone was giving God's way, and the same is true for us today. We all win when we give God's way. And it really makes sense when we stop and think about it. All we are and all we have is from God, 
So it really makes sense for us to give ourselves, our time, our talents, and our treasures to God by our faith in God, generously and faithfully and cheerfully on a day-by-day basis. So let's look now at the importance of growing. We know that growing is a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ as well. Here's a neat point that we understand in our own lives. As we give to Jesus, we grow in Jesus. The more we give to Jesus, the more we grow in Jesus. And so we see this over and over again as well. The believers here in the first church in Jerusalem were growing in their faith in Jesus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And they were growing in their faith in Jesus. We know they were growing in their faith in Jesus because they were living out the truth of God's word day by day. Their actions indicate that they were living what they were learning from the word of God. They were able to help others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus because they were growing in Jesus. And God wants us to continue growing in our faith in Jesus as well. God wants us to grow in our faith in Jesus for us because we know growing in our faith is best for us. Growing in our faith is a blessing to us. God wants us to continue growing in our faith in Jesus for others because growing in our faith in Jesus allows us to be able to help others grow in their faith in Jesus. Growing in our faith in Jesus allows us to be more effective in helping others come to know Jesus and growing in our faith in Jesus. And we see, and it's a whole series in and of itself, I'll just summarize it in a sentence, if we're going to get serious about growing in our faith in Jesus, then we need to get serious about the Word of God. Because the main tool, instrument, vehicle God uses to grow us in our faith in Christ Jesus is the truth of his word. This is the main vehicle. They were devoted to the what? The apostles' teaching. What were the apostles teaching? They were teaching the word of God. And so we know and understand that we're going to need to get into the word, fresh and new. Renewing that commitment each day, each week, each month, each year. Peter agreed, and Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 2, Peter said this, Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word, so that you may grow up into your salvation. Desire the word. The word helps us to grow in our faith in Jesus. And the more we grow in our faith in Jesus, the more we're able to show Jesus to those around us. The more we're able to share Jesus with those around us. Now, I want to make sure you understand, real quick, clarifying point. We do not grow ourselves, and others do not grow us. God grows us. We do not grow ourselves spiritually. Others do not grow us spiritually. God grows us. Case in point happened in the first church in Corinth uh, years and years ago. The believers in Corinth were showing their spiritual immaturity, and Paul had to uh, rebuke and correct them. They were showing their spiritual immaturity. They were a very uh, troubled church, quite honestly. They had a lot of immaturity in a lot of different ways, but one particular way uh, is the believers were caught up there in the first church there in Corinth, and they were arguing and debating and uh, going back and forth with one another, boasting about their spiritual leaders. Some were saying, I follow Paul. Others were saying, ah, he's not that great. I follow Apollos. And they were boasting back and forth about their leaders as if Paul and Apollos were responsible for their spiritual growth. And so Paul heard about this, and he wrote to them and said these words in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, in verses 5 through 7, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They are servants through whom you believed, and each has the role the Lord has given. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. Say that with me. 
but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Paul said, listen, he understood, Apollos understood, we are servants of God who teach God's word to God's people and God's strength for God's glory. But don't make the mistake here. God gives the growth. God gives the growth. God is the one who is at work in us, through us, and around us. He uses the teachers of his word. He uses the men and women who teach his word. He uses those pastors and ministers and elders and all those he calls and equips to teach his word. But understand, God is the one who's given the growth. It's Almighty God, the power of his Holy Spirit at work in us. And so we see and understand this clearly through this example and others in the word of God. A couple of points. Remember, we cannot give away what we don't have. If we aren't growing in our faith in Jesus, then we're not going to be much good in helping others grow in their faith in Jesus. It's real simple. If we're not aligned to our Father God, we're not going to be much help in helping others get aligned to Father God. If we're not walking in this word, we're not going to be much good helping others walk in this word. If we're not passionate about Jesus, we're not going to be much good at helping others be passionate about Jesus. If, we'd al- if we've allowed some of other areas in our lives to become more passionate to us than Jesus, if we've actually put some focus in some other areas of our lives that may not be bad, may be good, but if they've superseded our passion and commitment to Jesus Christ and our desire to share him with others and to tell him, to tell about him to, to others, then we're not going to be much good in helping others passionately tell others about Jesus Christ. You see, we can't give, what we, give away what we don't have. So we need to make sure that we are feasting on this word. We may need to make sure that we are not just feasting on it for knowledge sake but we're feasting on it so that it can transform us and be seen through us in our day-to-day actions god's word isn't meant to inform us only it's meant to transform us transform happens as he informs us of his truth and he empowers us to live it out and so we need to understand how important this is for you and for me as well we need to be reminded spiritual growth is not easy it's not easy. This church, and we, we won't have time to get to it, but the church in Jerusalem, they were growing, and they were growing in the midst of all kinds of opposition and persecution and resistance and ridicule and insults coming their way. And the same will happen to us. There will be times when our spiritual growth will be happening in the face of ridicule, in the face of insults, in the face of, of uh, maybe even some persecution and some opposition. It's not always popular to live for Jesus. It's getting less and less popular to live for Jesus. It's getting less and less popular to say, thus saith the Lord in our society today. You want to find opposition and you want to find resistance, it's right there. Just say, this is what the Word of God says. And then get ready. Get ready. Because folks will come after you hard and heavy with the theology and thoughts of the world, which, oh, by the way, are wrong. Wrong. The Word of God is clear and true for you and for me. So we know and understand This is why our ministries are focusing in on helping us 
to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Why? So that we can make disciples of all nations. We just had over 100 men in our men's conference this past weekend. We had 100 over, well over 100 women a couple of months ago in our women's conferences, our men's ministries, our women's ministries, our student ministry, our children's ministry, our preschool ministry, all of our ministries, our MOPS ministry, our CPA ministry, all of our ministries. You name the ministry, I can tell you right now, the ministries here in our church family are designed to help us become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ so that we can make disciples of all nations. That's why we meet in life teams. We want to encourage you to get in those life teams. Why? Because those life teams are small groups that help us to continue growing in our faith in Jesus. And it's a blessing for those involved as you grow. Wednesday night, we're getting ready to start our Wednesday night semester. This Wednesday, three days from now, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock right here, we're going to have a spot for those who are wanting just a, a fresh start in their walk with the Lord, wanting to learn the basics, the foundations. Maybe you've just come to faith in Christ. Maybe you've been away from Christ for a long time and you need a refresher course on just the foundational, simple, basic, fundamental principles of our walk with the Lord. we got a class for you, fresh start. For those who are walking and growing in your faith in Christ Jesus and you want to continue to do that, you want to continue growing as we're talking about here, we got a class for you, Living in Victory on Wednesday nights. For those who are part of a blended family, we got a class for you here on Wednesday nights so that that God can continue blessing and moving and working in your families, in your lives. And so we're designed to help one another continue growing in our faith in Jesus. As God grows us together in his image as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And now let's look at the importance of going. Going is a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ. God calls us to go and share and show Jesus to those around us. The more we give to Jesus and grow in Jesus, the more we'll go for Jesus. It's real simple. Jesus told us, Matthew recorded the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, obey, everything I have commanded you. Remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Now, this is an interesting construction here in this great commission. Go is a participle, which in English it's translated going or as you go. So as you go throughout your day, as you and I go throughout our day, we're to make disciples for Jesus. But we also know in this particular construction, go takes on the mood of the main verb here in this commission, which the main verb is the command to make disciples of all nations. And so we see here what Jesus is actually commissioning us and commanding us. He's saying depart. He's saying move. He's saying literally go on a day-by-day basis to those who desperately need to know Jesus so that you can share them about Jesus. That means we're to go to the nations who are far away from us. We're to go to the nations who are close to us so that we can tell them about Jesus Christ. This is why we go and make disciples of those in the little realm. This is why we go and make disciples of those who are in the cities surrounding us. This is why we're praying about going and make disciples through our new exciting ministry, Cross Ridge in Espanol. This is why our students are going to New Orleans in March. This is why our church is going to the nation of Canada in July. This is why our church is going to the nation of Panama in July. This is why we have church family members right here, right now, living in foreign nations today, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Because the word tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. We go because God said so. We go because we need to go so that we can share Jesus with others. We go because people need us to go so they can hear the good news of Jesus and receive God's gift of salvation. 
by their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And listen, we go by literally going to the nations close and far from us. We go by praying for those who are going to the nations close and far from us. We go by giving so that those God calls to literally go to the nations close and far away from us can go to the nations. It's for all of us. This going is for all of us. Every single one of us, no matter our age or stage in life, we can all give to Jesus, we can all grow in Jesus, and we can all go for Jesus, which is exactly what God desires for each of us. Now, here's the amazing news that we understand according to God's Word. As we go, we know God's with us. Jesus said, remember, I will be with you always to the end of the age. As we go, God empowers us. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Listen, I get to share with you some amazing news. God has blessed us and our church family in so many amazing ways. I've got a couple of more slides I want to share with you. Amazing. I want you to think about this. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Now I want you to think to yourself, before we show the slide, don't show the slide yet, Angel. Think to yourself, just out of curiosity, I wonder how many nations we've been able to actually literally go to. In the, month of two, in the year of 2018, year of 2018, we just finished 2018, wonder how many nations God actually allowed us, our church family members, different ones of you, to go. To go to a nation far from us. Whether it was in groups, whether it was as families, whether it was as individuals. I'm not talking about vacations. I'm not talking about vacations. Those are great. Those are fine. Go for vacations wherever you want to go. That's good. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about going and making disciples of all nations. That's what I'm talking about. Whatever that number is, get it in your head. Show the first slide, Angela. This is what God's allowed us to do. God has allowed us to go to 17 nations in the year of 2018. Amen. Amen. Look at this. We had individuals, groups, or families go to Canada, China, Costa Rica, Czech Republic, Dominican Republic, England, Guatemala, Haiti, India. Indonesia, Israel, Jordan, Lesotho, Mexico, Panama, South Korea, and the United States. God, show us your work in us. I'm so, so humbled and blessed. So God has chosen us. You're, you're in Little Elm, Texas. to have the influence and impact we're having here. But that he sent us to these nations. And they're not just nations, they're people who desperately need Jesus. 
There are nations who now have heard about Jesus through us. You see, it's awesome to see God at work in us. It's even more awesome to join him in his work in our church family. Go, God, go. Let's say that together. Go, God, go. Now, I wish I could, time won't allow. I'm already way past. I wish I could, but I'm going to do it for just one of these nations. Uh, Angel, show the next slide. This is a snapshot. Uh, this, is for pa- this is the nation of Panama. This is just a snapshot. Our 2017 IMO offering, remember, our offering from one year allows us to do the ministry in the next year because we do the offering at the end of each year. So our 2017 IMO offering allowed us, as part of our ministry in Panama, to send Pastor Mateo and his team to minister in the villages where we are planting churches. So we're planting churches in all these villages and allowed them to go back after we leave and come back here to go back to those churches and to continue ministering. And what happened? Pastor Mateo's team saw 72 new believers. Yes, amen, amen. 35 people pursuing intentional discipleship, 23 baptisms, and five new villages are being reached now because of our gift to them. Amen? Go, God, go. The dollars we give, as we look at the monies and as we look at the figures, it may not seem significant to us, but I can tell you it is unbelievably significant to Pastor Mateo and his team of ministers. And David and Cynthia and Talsi, who we minister to, the missionaries there. As we give, they can take those dollars and multiply them in amazing ways for ministry. And there are now going to be 72 more folks in heaven with us in glory one day. Because of the continuation of the work that God's doing in his world. God, show us your work in us. God is clearly showing us his work in us. Seventh way we know God's at work in us then is God blesses us as we live and love his way. God blesses us, and we've just expressed those blessings together. As we've shouted, go, God, go. As we've high-fived one another. As we've brought glory to God's name. It's all for his name, fame, and glory, not ours. God blesses us. We're blessed as we live God's way. We're blessed as we love God's way. We're blessed as we give to Jesus. We're blessed as we grow in Jesus. We're blessed as we go for Jesus. We're blessed as we fulfill God's vision for our church family. And one of the major blessings we see in the first church in, in Jerusalem, one of the blessings we see in our church family, I just want to point one out and then we'll be done. It's the blessing of joy, overwhelming joy. Look in this passage. The believers were joyful. They were rejoicing. They were sharing with one another. They were rejoicing in God's blessings. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They were eating with glad and joyful hearts in their homes. They were ministering together. Jesus was at work. Folks were getting saved. They were joyful. And the same is true for us as well. As we continue to join God in his work in us, as we give to Jesus and grow in Jesus and go for Jesus, we will be filled with overwhelming joy. And know and understand our joy is not based on our circumstances. Our joy is not based on others. Our joy is not based on us. Our joy is based on Jesus. And our relationship that we have with our Father God, through our faith in His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the beauty is we get an opportunity now to do what these believers were doing as we read these pages. 
we get a chance to express this joy to one another. So we bless one another, love one another, encourage one another, pray with and pray for one another, just like these believers were doing years and years ago. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Worship.